<laughs> I don't know if I'm ready. Oh, okay. Here we go. We're going to do it. Are you ready? Everybody's favorite topic, shame. Oh, man. You know, I cannot have a podcast in which I've got several episodes dedicated to the spiritual purpose of emotions, how to feel your feelings, and not talk about shame. I know it's a doozy. Um, I know there's already a lot, a lot out there. Of course, this is what made Brene Brown famous was shame and vulnerability. So I'm going to share what I have to share about it. I do think you'll be glad you listened. So just hang in there with me. We're talking about shame and I think it's going to be worth it. But let's all just take a deep breath because this is, this is one of the harder parts of being human. So shame is something that we as humans try very hard to avoid. We end up making ourselves small so that we don't take the risk of feeling shame. That's what most of us do. And then when we do experience shame, it can just hang out in our bodies and our subconscious. And then it just, you know, pops up years later again and then again. And it can be really difficult for us to release the memories that cause us shame. And often when the memory pops up, we feel that shame all over again. Maybe not to the same volume, maybe not at a level 10, but it can pop up. And it can be very triggering, whether it's we're not releasing the shame or the memory itself. It can be so triggering that it can give us anxiety. It can make us hide. And in general, it makes us so that we we're focused on not doing whatever it is we did before that caused the shame. And we're so hyper-focused on that that we can't actually focus on what the other possibilities are. So rather than focus on what do I want, how can I have well-being, it's like, how do I not do X, Y, Z things so that I can survive? So it's a very fear-based, intense hyper-focus. That's one of the results of shame. Okay, and quick reminder before we really get into this, because I, it bears repeating, um, according to the very lovely Dr. Brene Brown, guilt is the feeling that you have done something wrong. Shame is the feeling that you are wrong. They're both very uncomfortable experiences in the body. They can both lead to anxiety, but they are different and they have different purposes and patterns in our lives. And so I want to be clear that what we're focusing on today is shame which I define as the feeling that I am a messed up human being and there is no fixing me. That's, that's how I sort of define it, but we're going to get into some other definitions. So that's the feeling in the body that I'm messed up and unfixable. It is a feeling in your body. You do not have to have that belief system to have that feeling in your body. So you might know that you are a perfect child of God, a ray of sunshine from the sun itself. I might know that about myself. But knowing that intellectually does not prevent the body from feeling what it feels. And our body is our spiritual radar. So let's talk about what is shame trying to tell us. First, it tells us that we are having a human experience and that our nervous system is alive and well. Shame will do that, right? It'll grab your attention and bring it right to your body. The blood rushes to your face. It often feels hot and it usually makes us want to hide. 
and it's it's a very physical feeling. There are other feelings like joy and bliss where you feel them in in your body, but you also sort of feel them out of your body. Whereas shame, it's very much in your body. It's very primal. And when we experience shame, that's our first clue and reminder that we're having a human experience. I know that's a silly phrase when we say we're having a human experience because we are human and we are surrounded by humans. So, of course, we're having a human experience. But the reason why it's worth repeating is because it is a call for compassion. Being a human is hard. Our bodies age, the most worthy pursuits are often the most risky, and nothing is predictable and nothing is guaranteed. So congratulations. When you experience shame, the first thing you'll notice is your body. It doesn't feel good, but you'll notice it. And then you can say, okay, this is me having a shameful human experience. Being a human is hard, and that's okay. Just because it feels terrible does not mean that it is terrible. There is a difference between what you might believe or make meaning of a situation and what your body is telling you. Your body's giving you feedback, but you get to decide what it means. So it's better to feel the feelings and learn from the spiritual radar than not feel it and not get the message. You're still empowered to decide what it means. It doesn't have to mean that you are wrong, but you do need to feel the feelings in order to understand that there is a part of you that is disconnected from the oneness of with spirit. I'm, I'm jumping out of myself. So I asked the question, what is shame trying to tell us? The first thing it's telling us is that we're having a human experience and our nervous system is quite active. Second, shame tells us that we need to change in order to be safe. This is the big thing. It comes back to safety. Beneath the situation, perhaps it's shame because you did something wrong at work. Perhaps it's shame because you said too much and accidentally outed someone for something in your friend group. Regardless of the circumstance, Shame tells you that you need to change. You need to be different. But why? Because it's trying to keep you safe. And I'm going to insert a little side note here. Loves, emotions are tricky. There are some situations that would cause shame in my body that would only cause guilt in yours and vice versa. So anytime we talk about emotions, you have to take the examples with a grain of salt. Everyone has different beliefs, different experiences, and different patternings. And those are all contributors to what we feel in our bodies. I just want to remind you all of that because this emotion stuff is tricky and we we can't take anything for granted. Okay, but back to my second point. At the end of the day, shame is trying to keep you safe. And so is guilt, by the way. This type of remorse, shame, it's not inherently a bad thing. Its purpose is to help us stay alive. It is a very primal emotion and it deals with primal concerns. Shame is asking you to be different in order to be safe. Whether that's safe in terms of 
being socially acceptable, maintaining healthy family attachments, maybe it's paycheck security, but it's often about those basic security needs. Before I tell you what to do about shame, I want to tell you what Vera Hellman wrote in her book, Encyclopedia of Emotions. I referenced her book in the previous episodes about the spiritual purpose of emotions. Um, episodes 24 and 25. Her book really helped me start my journey with anger. So I wanted to look up what she says about shame. And this is what Vera writes. Shame tells you that you see your own disapproval of yourself mirrored in the outside world. Let's hear that one more time. Shame tells you that you see your own disapproval of yourself mirrored in the outside world. I've never heard it described so well and so succinctly. And that is it. I have described it as a need for safety, and I still believe that that's what it is. But when we understand shame in Helaman's context, our disapproval of ourselves mirrored in the outside world. It becomes clear that the safety we are seeking is actually from our own judgment. It's from our own withdrawal. The feeling that shame gives us, the feeling that we need to run and hide, that is our own self-judgment saying, you don't deserve to be here. So if the one voice that matters most to us, our own, the voice that dictates our behavior, if that one voice is telling us that there is no place for us to belong, then we have judged ourselves into the very situation that shame is afraid of. Shame tells your body, run and hide because you are not welcome here, which then causes us to run and hide, whether literally or metaphorically, and thus we feel unwelcomed. So the shame causes the behavior, which then creates the circumstance that shame would want us to avoid in the first place. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You see your own disapproval of yourself mirrored in the outside world. No matter the circumstance, no matter the story, if you are experiencing shame, it is first and foremost about your opinions about yourself. They could be well-meaning opinions. You could have developed insights as a child that kept you safe, and now they may or may not serve you. I'm not saying that all opinions that would lead to shame are, quote, wrong opinions. I'm saying that to be aware that what is underneath shame is your own opinion of yourself. The world reflecting it back to you may actually be a gift in disguise. It's bringing to the surface what is available for healing. So that is shame. That is the purpose of shame. Keep us safe. Bring awareness to our own self-judgment and our own disapproval. So now let's get to the good stuff. What do we do about it? What do we do about shame? Somebody tell me. This is why I write these podcast episodes, to just help myself figure, figure my own stuff out. And then I share it with you and hope that it helps you as well. Okay, here's the hardest part about shame and any emotions. Step one is you have to feel it. You have to feel it and as much as possible, try not to judge it. Because then you have to feel the judgment and it adds this whole other layer of emotional complexity. So feel the feelings and don't judge them. 
we are humans having a human experience, and part of that experience is the primal concern of safety and security. We don't want to give up being human, and we don't want to give up our primal concerns either. Being loved and cared for by our tribe, hunger, lust, even our ability to feel powerful, these are primal desires. So it's okay that we have shame. Shame is about protecting our primal experience. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to give up food, sex, security, and power. I think those are good things. So I'm okay with having emotions about those things, even though they can be unpleasant. So step one, we are allowing the feeling of shame. Try not to beat yourself up for feeling it. An example of that might be like, I can't believe you're so upset about that comment, Amy, on social media. Get a grip. You're blowing this way out of proportion. You're taking it personal. Just get a grip. All right. Me judging myself for feeling shame, like that's not going to help me release the shame. Emotions are not logical. It doesn't work that way. But our primal emotions, those those are the furthest from logical. They are, they are just physical presence energy in our body and if it comes up you just have to feel it be ready to release it trying to logic your way in and out of why you feel something that's not step one that is just not so the why you're feeling shame isn't actually that relevant because all it is the why is a story that you're telling yourself The why will always be the meaning that you are assigning to something, always. So we are going to talk about figuring out your story around shame. That's an important part of the process. But step one, feel the feeling. Allow the feeling of shame. Try not to judge it and try not to analyze it. Step one is to feel it. Once we've welcomed the feeling as much as we can, and by this I mean notice it. I notice my body and my own mind. I'll take an inventory. Okay, my face is hot. I feel like my stomach and my legs, even my toes are tingly. I have this itchy feeling like I want to run. So after I'll do that physical inventory in my mind, I think, yep, that's shame. I'm, yep, I'm okay. This is shame. This is what I'm feeling. I'm wanting to run and hide and to never come back. Yep. Okay, here we go. And so once you do that bodily inventory and you identify the emotion, you name the emotion, that process actually lessens the intensity of the feeling. It might take it from a 10 to a 9 or a 9 and a half, but it is going to help you step back. And sometimes it will take it from a 10 to a 6. You'll go, oh, I know what's going on with me. I'm feeling shame. Oh, that's what this is. And it can be very freeing. So the process of really spending time identifying what it is that you're feeling. How does it feel in your body and what is it? What name do you want to give it? Very helpful. Beginning part of lessening the intensity of shame. Okay, so now we've welcomed the feeling. Step two, prepare to carry the feeling with you. I know, it's like not what you wanted to hear, I'm sure. You probably thought I was going to say, prepare to release the feeling, do a breathwork meditation. But um, not for shame. Mm -mm. Sometimes I would say that, but shame is going to be with you for a while. 
There's no use in getting your hopes up that you're going to be able to identify it and then it's going to be over. That's, that's not how shame works. Know at this point, once you've welcomed it and you have identified it, know that the worst is over. That first initial wave, that's almost always the worst. You survive that, it's only going to get better. And it's a process. There will likely be more waves. And early on in the process, you will probably have a low hum of shame coursing through your body. So it might go from a 10 to a 4 or a 3, but it's going to hang out at that four for a while. It's kind of like your body has been told that it's safe to exist, but it's still not sure. And I had a visualization come to mind when I was writing this outline and I was thinking about, imagine somebody told you that the lake froze over and that it's time to walk across the lake. But you're not 100% sure it's really frozen. So you're walking slowly and testing it out. Okay, so that's in our bodies. Shame doesn't just leave our body. You're like, oh, the lake's frozen. I guess I can walk across. You're like, just a minute ago, I was pretty sure that lake wasn't frozen. So I'm going to walk slow and I'm going to walk gentle. And I'm just going to make sure that I'm actually safe. Shame is primal. It's not just going to take your brain's word on the matter. It's not going to flip a switch. So... The step two of what to do about shame is to prepare to carry it with you. Mentally prepare, okay, it might be a day or two. Shame needs a minute. We're going to test out that frozen lake and make sure it's really frozen. And then we're going to continue to walk slow because I just went from thinking that the whole world was in jeopardy to being told I could walk across this frozen lake no problem. So it's just not going to flip on a dime like that. Okay, so what's next? We write the story. And I mean this, you know, figuratively, but literally would also work, (laughs) especially with primal emotions. The act of looking at it logical is really helpful, even though emotions are not logical. I know that. (laughs) How do I say that in a way that makes sense? Because it's counterintuitive. Emotions are not logical, but when you look at the process of having emotions and what causes them or what doesn't cause them, it, it can help you understand your own human experience. The emotion might not make sense per se, but writing out your story about the emotion will allow you to minimize the emotion and then the story might make sense. It's so I'm I'm hopefully by the time I finish saying something it will it will make sense. I don't know if I'm being clear because it's counterintuitive. When the emotion makes sense, let's say you're able to recognize that it's a pattern or you recognize how shame is somehow tied back to some childhood event and that's why you're feeling triggered. That recognition helps you minimize the feeling. Right. So writing out your story and making those connections of, oh, this is related to such and such or it reminded me of such and such that can that can help you figure out like what happened and what story you're telling yourself that is causing the shame. Let's say you don't find a logical reason for emotion. You're like, well, I just got this text message and it upset me. And all of a sudden I've been in a shame spiral. Nothing about the text message makes any sense for causing me shame. And yet that's why I'm here. 
then in that case, you can still say, I guess I'm really having a human experience and being a human's kind of crazy sometimes. So even in that situation, writing your emotions and looking at, okay, this thing that happened that shouldn't be a trigger deeply triggered me and I'm feeling unsafe. Having that logical look at this happened and then this happened and then I felt this that also helps. So whether or not the emotion actually makes sense, looking at the story kind of chronologically and looking at where you can understand what you're making things mean is going to help you. Write your story, tell a friend. When you identify the story, it's literally shifting like the focus, the energy in your brain is shifting from one side of the brain to the other. It's helping you to step back and not feel it, but observe the feeling, which is so lovely and empowering. It turns down the volume on the intensity of the emotion. Okay, so what story are you telling yourself that is causing the shame? That you'll never be liked, that you'll get fired, that you should have known better. What meaning are you giving the situation that is causing the shame? And as you write that story, I want you to notice that you are safe. If you're able to write a story, whether it's in your mind while you're driving, whether you're sitting down with your pen and paper, or whether you're talking to your friend, in those moments, you are safe. No one is chasing you. No one is reporting you to God as a failed experiment. You know, nothing is inherently coming after you in that exact moment of reflection. In this moment of reflection, you are safe. Even if it feels like everyone is mad at you and you are most certainly going to be ostracized, even if it feels like you're in line for like the, I don't know, for execution of some sort, not everyone is mad at you. There is a stranger across the street who does not know you who is not mad at you. So you are okay. Because shame puts the whole world in front of your face and says the whole world is the whole world is disapproving of you. But as you tell the story, if you're noticing that you're safe, if you're noticing how many people out on the street aren't disapproving of you because they couldn't care less, that will help you put it into perspective that you are okay. You are physically okay. And this is important. I know just hang in there with me. Noticing that you are okay is important because shame is telling you that you're not okay, that it's not safe to exist. So as you're driving down the road and you're talking to your friend and you're crying and you're saying, I can't believe this happened and I don't understand why I'm so upset. Notice that you're in your car and you're driving down the road and you're crying. Okay, I'm crying. I'm in my car. Nobody is chasing me. I have enough water. My body is okay. And I'm experiencing an emotion. The noticing that you are okay will create just enough of an expansion of energy in your body, just enough of a breath, that it will create room for the possibility of a different emotion. That other emotion might also be uncomfortable, might be grief, might be fear, might be embarrassment. But it, if it's something other than shame, that's pretty good progress because shame is pretty much at the bottom of the emotional vibrational scale. 
and the the goal as humans would be to experience the full emotional scale but to learn to jump up the emotional scale with greater ease and dexterity so creating enough space to notice a new emotion is a huge success when you're processing shame so let's say you're driving down the road you're crying you're talking to your friend you're telling her what happened That shame shifts enough and you're feeling embarrassment or you're feeling grateful that even though you are experiencing shame, you have somebody to talk to about it. Shame wants to tell you that you need to change and you need to change now. You need to be different now. So when you can make room for a different emotion, whether that's embarrassment or gratitude or fear, It quiets the urgency a little bit. It takes some of that primitive energy out of the equation. It makes it less urgent. Okay, so noticing that you're okay is actually a really important step that most people don't talk about that I think is helpful. Okay, for me, the last step of what to do with shame is the thing that we all want to jump to, which is like the intentional purpose, the intentional shifting out of the emotion. We really can't do that um, until we've created room in our body for the shift, right? So another way of saying that is we can't shift until we're not hijacked. And there's a difference between shame that is so strong that it's all you can focus on. It's a 10 and shame that is the low hum of shame that makes you feel like you're walking around naked. That's like a four or a six. Okay. So when you're at shame at a 10, There's no possibility for you shifting out all the way up to joy, right? Like that's not going to happen. But when you're at shame at a six and you can breathe, then there's more room for you to have a different emotional experience, a different thought pattern. Okay, so once we've settled enough, we recognize that we're okay. We've created space for a shift. The move is in the direction of acceptance. In the previous step of recognizing that you are in the moment, okay, no one's chasing you, that is also about acceptance. The first step is accepting the situation as it is. I'm in a situation that I do not like, that I would not have wished for, that is causing me distress, and that is okay. I am having the full human experience. So first we accept the situation and we accept it for as long as we can until you really feel your breathing get deeper and your body settle. It's not going to be fully settled, fully at peace, but when you feel your body relax a little bit, shift a little bit, it's working. You are human, having the human experience, and sometimes this is how it goes. Okay. Here's the stretch goal. (laughs) Accepting yourself. One way to make this easier is to see your inner child. Imagine your four or six-year-old self was in the situation, doing the best they could do with what they knew at the time. Okay, when it comes to accepting self, you did the best you could with what you knew at the time. And if you didn't, let's say you did no better. If you didn't do the best you could, then the question is, 
what unmet need was motivating you. So accept yourself as the learning being that you are with needs. Were you sleep deprived? Were you triggered by a previous trauma? Were you just sick and tired of feeling small? Even if you did something terrible that would cause you to feel shame because you, quote, knew better, there was an inner child need that was not met that would cause you to do the terrible thing. When we know better, but we choose not to do better, it's because of an unmet need. When our needs are met and we know what to do, we do it. Okay, so accept it. Accept all of it. Who you are, who you were, the circumstances that led to the situation in the first place. You are an old soul in a human body. And this, this being spirit while in human form business that we signed up for, this is not for the faint of heart. And not all souls do this. We certainly don't start out as humans when we start incarnating into physical form. This is advanced stuff, you guys. Accepting yourself will be a process. And I warned you earlier that shame is is crossing the frozen lake. It takes time and care. It does not happen quickly. Your brain is not going to flip like a switch from hating yourself to loving yourself. That takes time and practice. Practice. And it will come back. You'll be walking down the street, minding your own business, and your brain will decide to remind you about some shame, shameful event you did, had. And you'll have to tell your brain, yeah, I know that happened. I still love myself and we are still safe. We don't need to feel shame about that anymore. We're still walking down the street. We're not on the frozen lake. We're okay. Okay, you kind of have to hold your brain's hand sometimes and say, I hear you, you've got a ride. Let me tell you what we're focusing on. And the great news is, over time, we can experience less shame. The more we flex the muscle of acceptance, especially self-acceptance, the less shame will make sense or help us in our emotional journey. It won't be a useful part of our spiritual radar. In the future, we'll be more likely to experience guilt or remorse rather than shame. Okay, so this work is worth doing. Allowing the feelings, moving towards acceptance, it is worth it. It's part of the process. Accept that shame is part of the human process and then accept that you are who you are. You are a divine spirit with a timeless, infinite soul. You are a ray of sunlight from the sun herself. You are a fractal of God. And you are also human. Okay? And sometimes we experience shame. All right, loves. I hope this was a helpful discussion for you. If it was, please share it with the people you feel called to share it with. Feel your feelings, accept it for what it is, accept you for who you are. Talk to you next week. Bye.